You're listening to episode 90 with Sam Viegas, Senior Consultant at RefTelus. This episode is brought to you by Roguewater Lab. Hi, this is Erin Mosley, President of Erin Mosley, Inc. This is the podcast that is demonstrating the value of communication in the water sector. It's water in real life with my friends, the H2 duo, Stephanie Corso and Ariane Shipley. We are proud to announce our new nonprofit venture, Rogue Water Lab. A tribe, an experience, a calling, a hub where you can learn, connect, and grow. The lab is cultivating the next generation of innovators in water communication and education. Why? Because progress is a human story. And those who tell the stories rule the world. So the question now belongs to you. Are you ready to join the revolution? Well, we were incredibly excited to chat with Samantha Villegas, who is a comms PR guru, and we wanted to talk to her about ways to, uh, for utilities to communicate around COVID-19. We asked, we did a call for questions, and we got several of you responding to that, and so she answered those directly. Um she talks primarily about the four principles that we all need to be following right now in terms of communication, and that is frequency, transparency, consistency, and honesty. Unfortunately, those don't make any sort of cool acronym, but hey, make sure you write those down and remember those as you're crafting your messages. Um, so we talked about why it's so important for our utilities not to be silent right now, how this is an absolute critical time for us to build trust. We also talked about how... Um what customers should be saying right now or what utilities should be saying to their customers right now and how that message should evolve as we get more information. Yeah, she talked about both the digital and traditional methods, how we kind of have to be using all pieces of the pie right now to make sure that we're reaching all of our customers in, in what we're saying and that this is a great time above all others to be talking about our processes and what we do in order to um, let people know that the water, that, that their tap water is safe. And it doesn't matter if you've never communicated to your customers or if you've been doing it for a while. Um, the key to this whole thing is to start communicating immediately and communicating with compassion and um, honesty first and empathy and then going into facts and perspective. I think there's a whole method behind that that we'll, you'll, we'll get into Yes, Ariane asked a broke question about the CAP method, uh, which is caring action and perspective, which she explained for us. And we will be sharing an infographic that spells that out as well. And she also recommended a great infographic from PRSA about the infodemic that we're also facing right now with there being so much information out there. So we hope we answered everyone's questions. We hope this gives people some common reassurance as they're communicating with their communities. Uh, we also iterated to everyone just to give each other grace. We're all kind of experiencing this in a different way and to make sure that if you are in the front lines of this, that you continue to take care of yourself, to rest, to tap out. And always remember that silence does not equal calm. Correct. Um, and that we just want to give a special shout out to all of those people in the health community, in the water utility community who were out there working every single day to keep everyone safe, to keep public health, how much we appreciate what you're doing. And now more than ever, we're just we're just so grateful for the sacrifices that you do on a daily to keep our community safe. So thank you. Yes, thank you. 
Samantha is a senior consultant with Reptelis with more than 25 years of experience conducting public outreach for public works in the areas of water, energy, and recycling. She has assisted municipalities, water, and wastewater utilities with outreach, branding, reputation, and crisis management, as well as the execution of communication strategies to ensure positive positioning for rate increases, acquisitions, capital projects, and change management. Sam served in a lead communications role for both a public water utility and a large investor-owned utility. She has developed a number of guidance documents for the sector, including ones on lead communication, Legionella communication, and the latest risk communication document through AWWA. So without further ado, let's get to the show. So we're super excited for this special pandemic edition of Water in Real Life. Uh, we knew that it was incredibly important for, for us as communicators to make sure that we were continuing to be a resource for everyone during this time. And so we asked, of course, our favorite PR and communication guru to, to join us to answer some questions. So Samantha Viegas, thank you so much for taking some time out of quarantine to join us today. My pleasure. Thanks for asking. Hi, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Arianne. We are all uh, we are all in our respective cities. Even Arianne and I aren't together. She is down in her at, at her farm in Fairfield, and I'm in Fort Worth. And Samantha is in Virginia. So um, full lockdown. Yes. How's everyone doing with their kids? <laughs> mm, don't ask. <laughs> You guys have younger guys. That's harder. My my guys are really mm. self-sufficient because they're teens um, and they're like just happy. They're still in that um, mode before any um, distance learning has been required. So yes. <laughs> they're like in vacation mode, coronation. Mm. Yes. <laughs> coronation. Oh yeah, my daughter's 14. So she's just as self-sufficient. But, you know, she's texted me asking since spring break has been extended if we can go on a trip to you know xyz and i'm like no no that's not why that's not why spring break is longer this year <laughs> that's not how this works that's not, not how, how any this, of this works. works yeah yeah all right so we're, we're, we're at a beer and wine and, oh boy um, oh my god yeah oh so that might be an issue for me coming up <laughs> yeah, yeah get a mm go super late or super early when hopefully no one else is there and stock up and then spray it all down with Lysol before you bring it in the house. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but yeah, so given the frequency of all of the new information that comes out, it seems like by the minute, not even by the hour anymore. And which there's already such an opportunity for misinformation in this digital world that we live in already, but especially when information is changing as quickly as it is bringing it to the water world. Samantha, why is it so important that utilities are not staying silent right now? Yeah, um, just real quick, can we just give a massive shout out of thanks and respect to our friends on the front lines and utilities and local government? Yes. Um, uh, first responders, healthcare, treatment works, operators, all you people in the utilities, mm -hmm. uh, utility communicators who are just continuing to serve us all through this man. A thousand thanks and mad, mad respect to you all. We appreciate you all so much. Absolutely. Um, and this, at this time, communication is so important because it's all about trust right now. Um, people need to find sources that they can trust. And that trust comes from, and you're going to hear me say these four words like mm -hmm. a couple times today, but um, 
you know, either call it honesty, call it truth, transparency, consistency, and frequency. Mm-hmm. And utilities absolutely have a role in this conversation right now because we are the owners of all info related to our drinking water and our wastewater. Yep. And there's messages that need to get out there. Tap water is safe, you know, and people need to know that in terms of, you know, for drinking um, and using that water to maintain hygiene and keeping surfaces clean. Um, Just like you talked about in your episode with Karen Rauscher last fall in crisis, when you own the information, you got to be the one to get it out there before someone else fills Mm -hmm. the void with that inaccurate information. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, because something that she said, too, is that people will believe the first thing they heard, and then it's really hard to bring them back from that once that's happened. So you want to be proactive and you want to be the one that gets your message out there first. And you want to use that as a way to begin to establish yourself, which I hope you're already established as the trusted source when it comes to drinking water in communities. But you really just kind of an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Here's an opportunity to do that. And the other piece of that Um, communication that tap water is safe is, you know, trying to ease up on the purchase of bottled water. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily want to dive into the, you know, philosophies behind why people might buy bottled (laughs) water, but yeah, there is really a compelling reason for folks to dial that back and, and use their tap water right now, which is, that the bottled water needs to be there in case a true water emergency happens to occur at this time. Mm -hmm. And we need that as a fallback option for everybody. We can't have folks, um, you know, taking it off the shelves. So, you know, that, that tap water is safe message is critical. Yeah. Or for people who live out in the country like me and we don't have the, um, the beauty of, you know, tap water, we have meh, nasty groundwater and, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> untreated. I'm calling the groundwater council on you. Come on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. Like some of it's, I mean, it stinks. I don't like it, but I'm like, y'all save some water for people like me who, you know, we don't have the option of like, you know, turning on no, the faucet true. and having, you know, safe, clean drinking water that I know someone treated and, and is taken care of. It's true. Some areas of the country, they've got arsenic or they've got some other yeah. things from, you know, groundwater. They can't do anything about. So we got to think of them too. Yeah, I actually love that you brought up that bottled water bottled water angle because so many of us normally in a normal situation, we are talking about, as you alluded to, like the philosophical reasons between why people should or shouldn't drink bottled water and the negative impact that bottled water can have. But more so right now, it really is about we need to make sure that it's there for in a, a real crisis if we need it and that we might all need it. And so just using it as a way to be, uh, you know, courteous and to the community that you're in and to remember that, that for now, like it's totally safe to be drinking your bottled water. I mean, your tap water and let's save that bottled water for a true water emergency. Yeah, so that's a great point, Sam. I love that's that. a good point that, that we can now begin to use versus just the whole, you know, bottled water is evil argument that, I mean, even we use that. So, I mean, it's, it's good to know that we have a different, a more relevant angle to use with that mm-hmm. now. Okay. Yep. So Sam, you know, what should people, what should utilities be saying to customers right now and how, and then, you know, how should that message evolve as we get more information minute after minute, it feels like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So utilities need to be using all of the tools in the toolbox right now. 
Um, because the right tool, the right, you know, method for communicating the right platform is the one that they know their customers are using. So, um, if that's Facebook or Instagram or next door, uh, you all need to be on there. You know, social media is of course where it's at for the majority of people. That's where they're getting their news, but, um, your utility website, which is your 24-7 storefront, is also mm-hmm. a great place to have a page dedicated to COVID. And, you know, plain language is always, that's important now more than ever. Um, and then remembering, you know, whatever languages are spoken in your service area, because you really need to right now, at this time, think about accessibility and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going beyond those mediums to think of the folks that maybe aren't tapping into technology, um, you know, your traditional media, um, you know, through radio, newspaper, those folks are on COVID 24-7, and I'm sure that they would welcome any fresh angles that we can provide. And I think the utilities provide a really unique fresh angle to this story that mm-hmm. people aren't necessarily hearing as much. So. Um, we can use them as well. And I think, you know, we'll talk about some others um, later on. So the messages should be evolving as our knowledge about the situation evolves. Like I said, the playbook is, you know, frequency, consistency, transparency, honesty. I wish that was a cool acronym, but <laughs> not, so I was just going to say them. Um, and and let's talk a little bit about the way we do that. So, you know, this is an opportunity for leadership for utilities and, and good leaders are, you know, doing a couple things. You're setting really good, accurate expectations and you're managing them. So you're not making promises that you can't keep. Mm-hmm. You know, you're being real with people. Um, and leaders, good leaders are, are comfortable dealing with unknowns and not losing sight of the big picture. So these are all things to think about as you're creating your messages. Um, uh, follow through, you know, um, you know, if you, if you do say you're going to do something, make sure you do it. So that's really critical at a time like this. And then of course, folks are looking to you for calm. So demeanor is important. This is, this is one of those times when self-awareness is going to go a long way. Um, and then, you know, I know you're like, Sam, what's the actual message? So there's some neat, neat opportunities right now for water utilities. You know, um, this idea of operational transparency, this is, this is how we build trust is showing people and telling people what exactly it is we do. So when you say the tap water is safe to drink and use as normal, can you, can you somehow demonstrate that? Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell them that the water treatment process effectively removes viruses from the water, including the COVID virus. But you can also tell them how you're testing the water prior to it leaving the plant and then up to how many times a month and day and week at different spots in your service area. Yep. Yep. And you can also tell them that it meets all federal standards for public health, which are the highest standards in the world. Yeah. But can you show them? Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is a really neat opportunity to go through your photo image library and get some great imagery from inside the plant and have videos. And if your operators have the chance and have the opportunity, even shooting um, smartphone videos, little clips, 30 seconds here, two minutes there, have them just explain. It doesn't have to be perfect. Unvarnished is fine because I think people are really craving that knowledge and that insight. And I think it could be a really neat opportunity for not just parents, but their, their teens and middle schoolers who are home that can take a peek into something, you know, interesting. Yeah. No, I love that. So I, I think love... that that's, you know, 
on the, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, so I think that's on the water side. And then I think um, on the wastewater side, of course, is this idea about, you know, people I think forget, but, um, you know, this idea about what you can flush and what Mm. you can't flush. Yes. Mm -hmm. And with toilet paper being such a shortage, I know that folks are scrambling to use the so-called quote unquote, and they're in serious quotes, flushable wipes because they're not flushable. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. Um, But I don't think most consumers know it. No. And so so that's another great, really important message opportunity. And, you know, you could actually have a lot of fun with that, you know, top five things to wipe yourself with that can't get flushed. I mean, (laughs) you know, I think right now people want some humor and lightness with the message. So maybe that's a really neat opportunity there. Yeah. And I want to point out, you said um, how valuable it is to be calm, but I want to also go connect this like silence does not equal calm silence yes. being silent no. is not is not showing that you're staying calm in this situation yes so i just want to reiterate that like a thousand yes times. yeah so you guys did you see so trevor noah this is a sidebar he's at home he's wearing like you know grungy clothes he's growing his mustache he's not <laughs> taping but he's he's posting to instagram all the time and he's like yeah silence Silence isn't good. When you're on a plane and you're hitting turbulence, you want the pilot to say, we're about to hit some turbulence. No big deal. Buckle your seatbelt. We got this. But if you're hitting turbulence and there's nothing from the cockpit, you're freaked out. Mm -hmm. You're freaked out. And so, yeah. Yeah. Silence. No, no, no is bueno. When you're silent, you let people fill the gaps and that's never a good thing. (laughs) Um, I like that you talked about virtual kind of like virtual tours almost of the water treatment process now. I think that's really important. I think that if you are a utility that, that's fortunate enough to have um, a communicator, an educator, or someone on staff who's accustomed to already doing that, I would, if you haven't already, be reaching out to them and find ways that you can do this creatively now. Um, or those folks who aren't shutting off water. <laughs> Every yeah. A lot of people are not shutting off water. So put them, you know to use in this, you know, positive spin way. And it can just be like a really quick walkthrough where you explain like, Mm -hmm. and I mean, simple, high level, yeah, uh, incredibly easy to understand. Like pretend you have a kid with you. Yeah. Like you're doing a tour for a group of fifth graders or something and just say, do a really basic rundown of, you know, what each, what's happening in each process. Uh, you know, like tell the news that you can do this or even, I love that you talk about also pointing out the the a vast amount of scrutiny that tap water goes under in terms of all of the daily tests that happen at the plant and the distribution system and how that has not changed and will not change and just reiterating these things that we do every day so we either forget about them or we think that everyone else knows that it's happening they don't mm-hmm. so this is a great time to humble brag on all of the things that you do 24/7 365 Absolutely. So because we knew we were doing this and I reached out, we did a call for questions from people in the water industry experiencing this in real time. And so I wanted to jump into those questions right quick. And we're going to yeah, do this. I love like, this. <laughs> we're going to do this like full call in mode. So this one is from Christian from Corpus Christi. And she asked what tools you think water utilities are lacking right now in order to respond to the current situation. 
Christian. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, shout out to my girl, Christian and Corpus. Christy, love Christian. Um, And I think that that is highly individual. Um, I know that some utilities haven't really built their following on social media because um, in most cases, they just haven't been empowered to from the top. And that's a shame because you know, social is literally where people get their news about everything. So in terms of a tool, that's, that's one of them. And that's a really critical one. Um, but also right now, it's a great idea for utility communicators to reach out to their IT folks to see what kind of online engagement tools they have or can, um, can launch, such as Zoom or GoToMeeting or Skype for Business or, or any of those. I know there are a whole lot more, but These are such great tools for continuing to meet with staff who are now in dispersed locations and to be able to continue to connect with the folks that, that we serve. Yeah. Um, And, and and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think those are, those are the key tools that I think are really, you know, the frontline tools that, that utilities need to be using right now. Yeah, and I know that especially with some cities and utilities, the IT department can be, um, I don't know what the appropriate word is, when getting like new apps or things like that onto your computer, especially if it's like a workstation from uh, from your actual office that you brought home, you know, they unless they've decided, hey, the situation warrants us being a little bit more flexible with certain rules. But a lot of these apps, to your point, talking about things like Zoom and such are also available on your phone. Mm-hmm. So that makes Free. it a little harder yeah. to to do like things like screen share because, you know, it's much smaller on a phone screen versus a computer. But I mean, if it's worst case scenario and you don't have an option, a lot of these apps also are available on a smartphone. And that way you can still do the video chat and conferencing um, approach as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you need to continue to engage with folks, and I think that a lot of utilities, what I'm seeing across the country is they're sort of grappling with new, you know, policy, planned policy changes, planned rate increases, hearings that they were going to have. And, mm-hmm. and the question now remains, do we try to push through with these online engagement tools, this virtual approach, or do we postpone? And, um, Again, I think that's highly unique to each city and utility and what they're willing to accept for that engagement. But I think folks need to remember that there are still plenty of people that maybe want to engage on on, on policies and rates that aren't comfortable engaging through virtual or don't have the capability and um, frankly are just really just focused on their own their own health, their anxiety, their financial situation. And um you know, the danger there is a utility that wants to push through using the virtual tool. So it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. They might get um, perceived as being trying to sneak something in when people aren't paying attention. So there's a lot of reason to think about postponing that sort of heavy stuff that they were planning, mm, even yeah. if the tools are available. Yeah. Um, she also asked a question that was related to reassuring the public that the water is safe. And I think we touched on a lot of that uh through the last question in our conversation there. But one of the things that I read in the risk communications document that you were a part of and with AWWA, uh, there was also something in there that talked about that people need to hear something three times from a trusted source before they begin to question a previously held belief. And so it stressed 
getting other trusted resources to share the same information. And so I saw some of that, for instance, um, I saw on Twitter that a utility had gotten a local news station to forward information about what not to flush and was talking about the three Ps. And so that was a really great example of how now they may have seen it from the utility. Now they've seen it from their local news source. Um, let's get more people talking about it. So, and again, to your point of also engaging with traditional media resources, you know, the more places that we partner with and that we get the accurate information out there, the more likely we are to, um, to make people know that they're getting information that's accurate and that it's not just a part of kind of the craziness that can evolve right. really quickly in these situations too. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's exactly it. And you know who's another great partner for water utilities and they're a natural partner and they're very highly trusted in their community is local health departments. Mm -hmm. So yeah. hopefully you guys have built or you've been building that relationship there for a whole host of other reasons. But uh, right now, reaching out and saying, you know, as you're, as you all are tapped to talk about this, if you can weave in this message that the tap water is safe and you trust the water utility, that would go a long way as well because they're they're in the media spotlight. Yeah, mm, so true. true. Okay, so uh, question. The next one came from Todd from Avon Lake, shout out, and Jennifer from College Station. Hey, girl. Um, brought up, they brought up similar questions um, in regards to internal comms. So they're asking, what do utilities need to be remembering in not only how they communicate inside their own organizations, but with other local government agencies? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, great question. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for asking. Um, employees really need to hear from their leadership right now, especially that now that staff are in disparate places because they're trying to, you know, keep a distance from each other. And, um, you know, non-essential staff in many cases have been told to work remotely. So it's so important that leadership and supervisors are connecting with their employees daily. Mm -hmm. um, and they can do this by phone or email and set aside some time each week to continue those weekly staff meetings and check-ins. But on a weekly basis, I recommend they try something with a facial component like Skype or Zoom or whatever right. your IT will support because people need to connect with each other face-to-face. -face. Um, you know, I'm an introvert. I don't know if you guys knew that, but, and it's not <laughs> believable, I get it, but I love solitude and seclusion. And, mm -hmm. and I've been working alone from home for eight years and I, I'm comfortable with it. I don't get lonely, but this new, you know, working paradigm for a lot of Americans, folks who aren't used to it are feeling isolated. Right. Um, so that reach out is really, really important. And, and one of the main things that, that supervisors and leadership need to do is to give their employees space to, first of all, really vent about this new situation. Like you and I, we all did at the top of this, <laughs> um, you know, kind of talk about what it feels like and then get into reassuring them about their work and updates on policy changes or, um, um, and not forgetting to share with them the reputable sources of info on the virus so they can stay informed. Okay. They had a follow-up to this and it was, you know, people want to know organizations are talking and working together. So how, um, so how then do they communicate this back to the public? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think that just gets into the messaging. Um, if I'm understanding the question correctly, I think that's a super reassuring message to add right. to it, which is that we're not an island. We are all connected. We're working with you. Uh, we're working together for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting back to that, you know, utilities and public health professionals, that's a relationship that's existed long before this. It's going to continue, and we are in contact with them. Mm-hmm. And the water utilities that are outside the the um, municipality, they're in connection. They have to be for a whole host of other reason, uh, reasons. And so um, I think that that is, you know, a really reassuring message for folks that, you know, those, those entities aren't siloed, that they're, that they're working together. Yeah. Right. And you can see some examples of this just in the press conferences that you're seeing now where there's a representative from each organization or, um, uh, yeah, that is, that is part of the conversation. And so you can kind of see how that's already happening on that larger level. And, what are the ways that you can do that? And obviously not through a press conference, but even in some of the things that you post where you're saying, you know, we've been working closely with our friends at the local public health office and we'll be working together to, you know, keep the community safe and yada, yada, yada. Uh, so you can just do simple things like that in your messaging, like you said, in, in order of showing that. And, you know, people may see that and say, well, did you guys know that there was this organization that helps, you know, seniors get supplies or food or so I don't know so you may encourage other people to reach out to you and yes. and give you even further examples of people that can work together to to help people through this time too this is this is additional great social content and sharing from those partner agencies as well I mean I think that that's you know any way that you can that's another way utilities can be of service is to you know highlight those agencies that are doing mm-hmm. some important work and and kind of get people coalesced around that because the other thing is people are at home that may not have work to do, but they want to feel useful. And that's another way that they can do that. And utilities can be a, an aggregator and, and, and a platform to share that info as well. Yeah. And we've kind of, already, kind of already touched on this a little bit, but maybe we can dive in a little deeper. But we have had several people ask you know, about the treatment process. And we've already talked about how important that is for us to be communicating that with folks right now and what that means. And um what's the best way for utilities to approach this right now? Because we also have to remember more than ever right now who the audience is that we're talking to about this. So do you have any uh, words of advice for utilities folks in talking about these highly technical scientific methods that are going on, like the best way to approach communicating that to the general public? Yeah, I mean, I think we did talk about it. And I think it gets back to, you know, I think it was Ariane that said, imagine you've got a fifth grader with you or a third grader with you. Um, That just forces you to think twice about the terminology that you use Mm -hmm. and remembering that. um, And, uh, you know, getting back to that episode with Karen Rauscher that you guys had, and you talked about how it's so hard once we get into this field to remember what it was like to not be in it yeah. and to, and to take the moment to really think about what, uh, what a, a, a consumer outside the sector, what is their, um, point of reference for this information? What is their, what is their current understanding and take it from there? And, uh, it's a fun exercise that you can do right now with the folks inside your house, you know, <laughs> your, your, students, your children, your grandparents, 
your parents, whoever's there that is outside the sector to say, hey, I'm going to talk about treatment and test some words. I mean, we know that there's some words that, you know, folks just don't, don't get, but yeah. they do get disinfection. They mm-hmm. do get what that means. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a key word. Um, and they do get filtration. That's not, that's not a hard word, filtering. Um, so things like that. And the fact that the filtration and disinfection process removes viruses like COVID. Yeah. That's a, that's a powerful message. Um, so I think using the folks around you to maybe test that stuff, but really taking a second to think like an ordinary consumer, um, and you know, that, that idea of, yeah, yeah. And that idea of, you know, um, you know, top five things to wipe yourself with that can't get (laughs) flushed, you know, like let's, let's have some fun because flushable wipes are, are indeed, they will make it through your toilet. But after that, it's anybody's guess. Yeah. Oh, so, what a perfect um, segue. <laughs> everybody needs to, uh, yeah, everybody needs to channel their inner Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District Twitter feed and and have some, as much fun as you can have with the situation because people are actually, you have a captive audience now and people are paying attention. But mm-hmm. I love how you brought up like testing on on friends and family, your, your message. Oh. This is a great time to do it because uh, you know that most of us need something to do, or, you know, most of our kids or relatives need something to do right now. And so um, that's a great way to test it. And then as you're talking through this, see what questions come up, because those questions might be the same ones that, that other people might Bingo. have. And you can address those yeah. in your conversation or, or know that this word won't work or that it worked better when you said that word. So, you know, this could bring families together, really. Yeah, be talking yeah. about it. You know, water and wastewater brings us together. It just do. does. <laughs> we do. Well, my next question, we've like literally talked about it the whole time about, um, you know, is it even worthwhile to reach out to the media about spreading the words of um, flushable wipes and paper towels and God knows what else is being flushed down the toilet. So I think the answer is um, yes, it's worthwhile <laughs> to give them the correct information. Um, so let's go to our, Stephanie, let's go to our, one of our last, um, I don't want to say callers, but our last, uh, question yeah. Yeah. givers. <laughs> we had, uh, Lori from, from Georgia. She asked about, and you've kind of talked about this too, about any suggestions or best practices you have for communicating with sections of the population that have limited technology um, and you've kind of already, you've kind of talked about that, but is there any other words of advice you can give to um, not only communicating to them, but helping to identify those to make sure that they, they are included and they aren't left out? Yeah, yeah. So, so if you have the moment right now to, you know, think about your community and who is in it, um, besides your, you know, 18 to age 50, um, you know, homeowner who likely is on um, using technology. Think of all the folks outside of that realm um, who may not be using technology, um, who may be relying on traditional media um, and zero technology. Mm -hmm. How can you get to them? And I think that you know, this is a time when we're going to rely on our partners. And we've talked about that partnership um, aspect of this, but, you know, whether it's, you know, 
school districts or the faith community who already have established channels of communication with their congregations and with their families using the radio or newspaper or TV folks to reach all the folks that are obtaining their news in a traditional sense. Um, But also remembering that the majority of folks that you're connecting with on social, this is another call to action for them, Mm. which is for them to make sure they're reaching out to the folks they know who speak other languages or who are, um, you know, maybe elderly and not accessing technology yeah. And and getting the news to them as you're checking on them. And and you may be doing that, folks may be doing that by phone periodically or mm-hmm. um, knocking on doors and keeping a distance on the doorstep, but at least checking in on those folks and they can be passing on that word. Hey, did you know tap water is still safe? Don't flush these wipes, you know, this sort of thing. Um, you know, don't worry about your, you know, in the case of some utilities that are not doing shutoffs and are mm-hmm. not, they're waiving late fees, you know, Share what you know with these folks because they may not, you may be your, their only source of, of um, information on this. Okay. I have a rogue follow-up to that. It's from, I um, like it. Yeah. It's from Lori basically, but just to kind of go a little deeper. So we obviously are encouraging people to be proactive communicators. And this is why for these instances, um, so you don't have to build a following or trust in the midst of the crisis. But what about, those, um, I'll say a handful of utilities, a few utilities who don't proactively communicate and they don't have any relationship with these community, you know, stakeholders or the news or, you know, influencers in the community. So what do we, what do we do for those folks who are just kind of at ground zero right now trying to figure out, well, who, who should I reach out to and, and how do I reach out to those people? airplane banner? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's an opportunity, right? Um, It gets back to, you know, yes, it's ideal if they've been doing it all along. Um, But certainly, you know, again, crisis is an opportunity and crisis is, is, is a chance to show what you know, um, you know, establish yourself as a trusted source. But again, that thing that's not the acronym, um, the frequency, the consistency, the transparency, and the truth, those, are, those need to be your guiding principles. And so even if you're just getting out there now and you haven't before, um, if those four uh, principles guide you, you can start establishing yourself now as that trusted source of information. And if that means um, getting onto Nextdoor now or getting onto Facebook now for the first time, um, so be it. We're we're Mm -hmm. welcoming you to this party better late than never. Come on in and establish yourselves. Um, We didn't talk about this yet, but, um, you know, this is... um, a form of risk communication because people are scared. And so, you know, compassion goes a long way Mm -hmm. and starting with that um, message of compassion, we uh, share your concern right now. We understand that you're feeling stressed and, and anxious about things. We're here to reassure you about your drinking water. You know, so that that's a great opportunity. And I think that those folks that haven't yet dipped their toes in proactive comms, take this 
take this moment to, to get out there. Okay. Um, do you want to go through the CAP acronym a little bit or? Yeah. So, um, I think that, um, you know, in terms of advice to people that are, you know, trying to, um, you know, say the right thing, the utilities, and, and they want to be helpful to people, um, you know, this, this risk, these risk communication lessons are so important. Like the, the, you mentioned the CAP template. This is from um, Vince Covello from the Center for Risk Communication, um, Caring Action Perception. Um, uh, I'm sorry, perspective. So I've said this before, and, and, and it, you can quote me, people won't care what you know until they know you care. Yep. And so that's sort of the foundational element of the CAP template, which is at a time when people are really nervous or anxious or scared and emotional, they want to hear compassion, your honest, you know, caring thoughts before you jump into facts. Um, when I talked about um, coming on this show, I think on my LinkedIn profile, I said, I said, facts are important, but showing you care, you got to do that first. And somebody wrote, you know, their first comment was, no, facts are important. You know, I think shakes fist at sky, but um, facts are, facts are, but can we get to them second and show yeah. the humane, humanity side first? So, um, so the CAP template, show, showing an expression of concern, which is that idea, which I said, which is we we share in your concern right now about the COVID virus. We are, um, you know, we have friends and family that are, you know, we're all in this together and uh, we want to help keep you safe. And we want to reassure you. That's why we want to come out and reassure you that your tap water is safe to drink and use as normal. And here's how we're assuring that it's safe. And remember I talked about we test it. it. It we know the disinfection um, removes viruses. We tested all these different ways. We meet all the standards that are best in the world. So you can follow up with the facts, but start with a caring message. Um, and those facts—that's the action. This is what we're doing. Um, you know, another another message um, series of messages under the, you know that utilities can be talking about is how they are prioritizing the health of their employees and customers. And if that means that they've closed their lobby to bill payment, but are still accepting payments online or by phone or by mail and waiving late fees, if that's the case, or they've canceled meetings or gatherings of people, uh, you know, for the next couple of weeks, or they've stopped the turnoffs for non-payment. These are great, great messages. So actions that you're taking that can follow up on the, on the concern message. And then the perspective message, which is, you know, putting it into a context that people can understand and, and putting it into perspective. Um, you know, coronavirus is not a waterborne disease and, you know, or, or whatever. I'm, I'm riffing here and I don't want to go, you know, too um, far afield. But the point is, is to help people understand that um, what's the perspective that you can offer. Mm -hmm. um, and another one of those messages is that, and we've talked about is how other folks can have a role in helping others. And we talked mm -hmm. about that in terms of leaving bottled water on the shelves and not flushing wipes. And, um, you know, for some, it, it, it's that sharing of messages on social media so others can get the word. Um, yeah. Or if, if this applies at your utility, if you offer this, now's a great time to promote the idea of the roundup on the bill 
to help fund programs that helps others pay their bills because mm-hmm. now's the time that where that's going to be really important. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good so I don't know. I said a lot there, but I think I answered. I think I answered that question. Yeah, yeah and did. I yeah. that was um, selfishly to help Lori because she said that she was still trying to determine some key messages and and how to share things and and I think um, knowing that that cap method will help kind of organize your message in a in a nice way. Yeah. Anybody that's yeah, been reaching and- out to us, we've been talking about that just to like, it doesn't really necessarily change maybe what you say. It just kind of change the order in which you say it and that yes, facts are important, but I mean, can you take five seconds to lead with a comment related to empathy that everyone is going through right now and just start from a human perspective and then go to the facts. But I mean, we're talking like five seconds. Yep. That's all it takes. <laughs> That's all it takes to kind of win their hearts over. And that tone and temperature that you use and the way you talk are so, so Mm -hmm. effective and have such a calming effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the only thing that I wanted to do with my, with my last question, and, and I don't think we need to get in it as deep as I had it written because I feel like a lot of it we've kind of already talked about, but um, you know, on that, on that note of empathy that I just talked about is just reminding that right now is a time when we kind of need to all give each other a little grace. We all handle situations like this a little differently. And because I've done nothing, but really, I mean, that's not true. Like I've, I was going to say, I've done nothing but like research and learn about the amygdala and the lizard brain for the past two and a half years. But I've done a few other things besides that, but it's just like, it helps me recognize so much of, why people are responding the way they are to that. And I know that in that document that you guys worked on, that risk communications document and risk communications in general, there is a lot of talk that's done about why people are acting this way and why we need to respond in this way. So can you talk a little bit just about how much we're all just kind of operating straight out of the amygdala right now and why that's so important to the way we are communicating? Right, right. So this is, um, you know, risk, calm, brain science um, mm-hmm. that we, we've known, we've studied as a people. This um, mm-hmm. Daniel Kahneman got the um, Nobel Peace Prize in economics for his, his um, discovery of this, this relationship that, you know, people process information differently when they're, when they're feeling fear. And it's just like you said, Stephanie, that um, we go from, you know, the the source of reasoned thought in the brain, which I think is the hippocampus, it, to the amygdala, which is that whole, um, you know, just rudimentary um, response, that emotional response to, to scary info. Do I, do I fight? Do I freeze? Do I flee? Um, you know, that's where folks are. They're looking for information to keep them safe and they're responding in an emotional way, either by fighting or just, you know, cowering under the covers or whatever. And so um, how do you get people out of that emotional state? And that's this whole idea that we've been talking about of the, the, these calming, compassionate messages, that, that idea that I said that um, people need to know that you care. And so my advice is deep breath, you know, cause we're all scared. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not, and none of us are immune to this reaction. So even the utility leaders are feeling anxious. The utility communicators that, that are listening in, I know you guys are feeling anxious. Take deep breaths 
if somebody is um, anxious, um, they're coming at you aggressively on social or, or even, you know, over the phone. Um, and this is, you know, important also for your customer service reps that are taking the calls. Oh, yeah. Deep breaths. Take your time responding. Be thoughtful. Your tone and temperature are, are, have a very, you know, match that tone and temperature that you want back. And, and show that honest compassion. Do that first. Spend a little bit. It could be five seconds. It could be a minute. You know, take the take the temp of the of the caller or the or the person and and react in kind, and and then you can get to your facts after. And I think it goes it goes a long way. Um, but we got to pull them out of that out of that emotional response back to reason, and that's that's how we do that. Awesome. Well, we created a whole special pandemic version of the lightning round. So I'm going to let Ariane get into that right quick. Um, okay. So what's the number one comms resource people need to be paying attention to right now? I love, love that you asked this. Thank you so much. Because <laughs> I'm going to refer folks to a fantastic infographic that came out this week from the Public Relations Society of America. It's called Infodemic RX. Um, the World Health Organization reported that they feel like we are all feeling an infodemic mm. of too much information. It's confusing oh, people. God. It's scaring people. Mm-hmm. So the prescription is this infographic, and it's basically three simple steps for staying informed. And I'll share the infographic with you gals so you can post it if you like. Yes. Um, but it's basically, number one, focus on facts from, um, you know, you know, real information, not propaganda. Number two is from trusted sources. So source matters, no one with an agenda, no one with, you know, a source of income that will help slant how they present info. So folks like the CDC or the World Health Organization are kind of the top um, sources that you can't reckon with. Um, And then knowing that this is a super fluid um, situation. The third item is to check your sources. Uh, we are saying three times daily, so morning, noon, and evening, because you don't want to be spreading old info. Um, you know, we were, I was on a call with a client, uh, recently that was issuing sort of the same type of guidance that the federal government was issuing over a week ago. And we've moved on. I mean, a lot of, you know, so, so they were behind. So you really have to be checking that stuff frequently. So that, that infographic, I think is a really valuable one at a time like this. Love it. Nice. And I forgot to mention that we are working on an infographic about the cap method that you went through in our last, uh, in our last awesome question. Yes. So I hope like no one has to feel like they had to have memorized that or scrambled to write mm-hmm. everything. That or you're pause, down. Yeah. play, pause, play, write down, pause, play. <laughs> I should have reiterated that in the beginning, but it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a little Easter egg at the end that they can, they have to listen to the end to find out. Um, okay. So what's one thing from your decades of experience in PR and comms that you want people to remember at night before they go to bed? Ah, good question. Um, I think it's important to remember that we're just all human Hmm. and we're fallible and we're trying. And like Stephanie said, um, give each other and yourself, importantly, grace when we misstep because um, 
I believe most people are good and they want good for others. And we have to remember those intentions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, when I go to bed at night, I just, you know, exhale. You did your best. We're trying. This is a trying time. And even just forgiving folks that lose their, um, lose their stuff a little bit because, you know, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's a hard time. Mm -hmm. And for all the utilities and the cities out there who are in full pandemic plan mode, crisis mode, emergency management system mode, just remember to take care of yourself. Make sure that you're taking breaks. Make sure that you're eating. Make sure that you're getting rest uh, because Tagging know, out. Yeah. Switching. Make sure you have Tag some backup. Yeah. Um, just remember to take care of yourself too, because I know that what you're doing is important and it, it's important to you. It's important to all of us. But if you don't stay healthy, then I mean, we're, we're at a loss that way. So please remember to take care of yourselves too. Praise Beyonce. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Praise Beyonce. <laughs> Praise Beyonce. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so you want to gas this one? Go for it. Sure. Um, what's the one communication or PR or call to action that you're most passionate about that you believe can impact the relationship we have with our customers and communities when this is all over? Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, it, this is it. I, I don't know if you guys asked me this one the last time we, we did the podcast together and I, I don't know what I said, but it, uh, this is it. And yeah. that is, uh, ethical communications mm-hmm. and ethical communications are comms that serve the greater good, not your agency. So that means um, not saying anything that serves your agency, but not everybody else. It means no lying. It means no omissions of information, no hiding, no spinning. It's the free flow of transparent, truthful information. This, this is what enables informed decision-making by your customers. And it's the very backbone of our democracy. So we must have it. Um, we must reject the idea of, of half-truths and lies and pseudoscience and seek out trusted sources of info and only use trusted sources of info. And then finally, we have to be open to hearing information that forces us to question our own deep-seated beliefs and be willing to move our position. The, these are the things that, that, that right there, um, that's what I'm passionate about in terms of comms. And that's what I think you know matters, especially in a time like now, but um, even when we get through this um, forever after. Yeah, this is, this is my uh, version that's a little different given the situation and the conversation. I do always kind of ask something about someone's biggest call to action, but now I need to go back and see. Actually, I think it was very similar. I remember I think it was ethical too. Comms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much for taking the time out today to have this chat with us about this topic. That's really important. Uh, yes. I can't wait to share it. We are sending it off to the editing gods uh, as soon as we hang up to come out this afternoon, early evening, because we want to make sure that everyone gets their hands on it as soon as possible to kind of Mm -hmm. help them through the situation. So thank you so much for taking the time out with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I so appreciate it. I love hanging out with you. And I'm, I'm so happy that you asked. 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Never miss out on future episodes by signing up for the Water Nerd newsletter. Found at the h2duo.com forward slash newsletter. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore h2duo. We share all of our new episodes there as well as in the newsletter. So whether we come across your feed or in your inbox, be sure to share episodes with your friends, family, colleagues, fellow water nerds. Help us spread the word. We hope you learned something new today, got a little inspired, or did something that brought you one step closer to your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world.